welcome to Knights of Roleplay, an adventuring podcast. This is an actual play 5th edition Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Royalty free music provided by Kevin MacLeod, Plate Mail Games, and Tabletop Audio. And now, to adventure. Hello and welcome. My name is Chris Buckner. I am the primary dungeon master for Knights of Roleplay and Adventuring Podcast. This is episode number 15, Just the Tips Running the Game. In the first Just the Tips episode, it was setting campaign expectations, which was a little more for DMs than players, but I think that both players and dungeon masters can draw value from that episode. Uh, the next Just the Tips episode was cooperative storytelling, which was definitely good for both Dungeon Masters and players. This episode is definitely geared a little bit more towards Dungeon Masters. However, again, I do think that players can benefit from listening to it as well. So again, this episode is about running the game. So I'll start by talking about making rulings as the Dungeon Master, because you want to be able to... You want to be willing to compromise when it comes to making a ruling, but you also don't want the players to take advantage of you. For example, let's say maybe um, a player may ask if they can do something during their turn in combat that falls under a, a certain specific game rule, but they may try to explain it in such a way as to get around the rule, whether they realize it or not, and essentially that would give them more action economy than is intended in the rules. And, you know, sometimes a player will suggest something that isn't necessarily covered in the rules. So then again, you have to make a ruling and you have to do your best sort of, um, you know, improvise. But if it's something that's already covered in the rules, sometimes players will try to push back on you a little bit. And again, you don't want to be taken advantage of, but you want to be able to compromise. So another Another topic of running the game would be you can describe the player character's actions in a dramatic fashion, which can make them feel sort of special. You could even offer brief descriptions of their more, you know, sort of day-to-day tasks or, um, you know, describe player failures in a funny way. Using descriptions can add sort of a fun element to the game. And you can also, like for players, you can describe what your character is doing, like the way that your spellcaster is casting a spell, or maybe a certain flourish that your rogue does as he's engaging in an attack. Uh, I mean, describing actions is a great way for both the dungeon master and the players to add a little bit of flavor uh, to the game. So from the point of view of being a dungeon master, you want to try to make the players feel rewarded for their efforts both in and out of combat rewards can come in the form of important information uh, money or treasure and other sorts of magical items Uh, i would say magical items in moderation because sometimes the players can get a little bit the characters can get a little bit more powerful than you intended i do know of situations in the past where dungeon masters have taken away magic items that they had given out because they realized that they were somewhat game-breaking and that can cause some player resentment and some tension between players and dungeon masters. So you want to be careful about the amount and the type of magic items that you give out. But again, making the players feel rewarded, not just from XP, because some campaigns don't use experience points. 
and obviously from leveling because as you level up, you feel like you're making progress. But um, I just wanted to talk about the fact that you want to help to make them feel rewarded for their efforts as they play the game. So if you're using an NPC party member, you want to make sure that it doesn't steal the spotlight from any of the PCs. The NPC, in my opinion, should largely be a background character that kind of fills a missing role in the party. Like if they're, if they're low on healing, you can have this NPC healer. The NPC can also be used to sort of gently influence the party, like offering suggestions the party might not think of, maybe even sort of steering them away from potentially deadly situations. But, you know, again, you don't want to take away from the players doing things that they want to do and having things develop organically. But again, an NPC that you're running can sort of gently influence people, especially a brand new group of players. If you have an NPC in there, it can kind of help guide them and give them some ideas. And uh, I started with a bard for the Knights of Roleplay. I had an NPC bard. He was able to gently give them suggestions on things that they might not think of. And he did offer some additional healing as well. When it comes to not sitting in the spotlight, I'm going to give you an example. I had an NPC that was in this group, and they had been chasing this villain, I think, for about three adventures. And I was all excited because my NPC got the killing blow. And the party told me afterward that that wasn't very much fun for them, watching my NPC basically beat the bad guy. So... Something else to consider when it comes to uh, running the game is to keep combat encounters fun and exciting by engaging all the characters and by using a variety of locations, terrain, enemies, and situations. One of my friends, who was the first person to run for me, he had this habit of making fights almost like um, a superhero fight where you'd have, you know, you'd have the one big, strong fighter type character, and when you got into a fight, there would be a big, strong fighter type um, to match that person, and you would maybe have like a spellcaster fighting a spellcaster. But in general, you want to try to keep, you know, a, a variety of locations and enemies and things like that to keep the combat more fun. And another point about that is you want to keep combat moving by not using too many enemies, not using enemies that are time-consuming to run, and by occasionally having enemies surrender or retreat from the battle rather than let the fight go on for a really long time when it's obvious that the players are going to win. I mentioned this next bit of advice in episode uh, number 12, Just the Tips, Cooperative Storytelling, but I think it's worth mentioning again. As the Dungeon Master, please don't get so invested in a combat encounter or a uh, particular NPC that you stifle the player's creativity or undercut their abilities in some way. Because if the players succeed in doing something that's very resourceful, um, they'll be excited. If you shut them down, they can be very resentful. I actually had a DM do this to me in the very recent past, and it was very frustrating from the point of view of being a player. Uh, a few things you can try as the DM would be to prepare a backup plan for situations like this. Um, maybe you know, find a compromise if possible, uh, and improvise as best you can. So you want to be open to the idea of the party avoiding combat while still advancing the plot. You don't want to force the party 
to have to fight things all the time. And if they come up with a way to avoid a combat encounter that you wanted them to fight, then just kind of go with it. You know, you don't want to railroad them into anything, whether it's a plot point or whether it's a combat encounter. Just sort of let things, you know, happen a little more organically. And when it comes to modifying encounters during gameplay, there are a variety of opinions about this. There are definitely some dungeon masters who just sort of let the dice fall where they may. And if the party makes some poor decisions and there's a total party kill or TPK, then that's just kind of the way it is. And then you have other dungeon masters who will start to fudge dice rolls if the party is doing very poorly so that they aren't getting their butts kicked quite as much. And, you know, sometimes you, if you really needed to, you could make modifications like decreasing the monster hit points, but just, you know, not telling the party. I mean, again, I don't want, I don't want to give the impression that you want to be like tricking the party and doing all these things that are sort of, you know, I don't know, you know, subversive or dishonest, but at the same time, you can sort of keep that veil of mystery up and make slight modifications to things here and there. And, you know, if the party doesn't know about it and you're not really being underhanded about it, and ultimately what you're doing is allowing the players to have fun, then, you know, that's sort of the goal is you want everybody to have fun. That's the most important thing about Dungeons and Dragons. So whether or not you are modifying things on the fly as you're going through the game, it's really up to you. Again, ultimately, you want people to have fun, and that's the most important thing. So if you want to just let the chips fall where they may, or you want to do some modifications to things in real time, you know, it's really, it's kind of up to you. But make sure that no matter what you do, that from the player's point of view, things just seem to be developing naturally. So let's talk a little bit about the idea of showing favoritism towards a certain player. In over 30 years of playing D&D, I've only seen this happen one time, but I think it's worth mentioning. So you want to make sure that, you know, if your wife is in the game, if your husband's in the game, if your partner is in the game, if someone that you're really good friends with is in the game, you want to make sure that you don't show them a lot of favoritism by, like, writing a lot of content for their character, but not so much for other people, or giving them special magic items, but not so many for other people. That's just something you want to be careful about is, is really try not to show favoritism towards any particular player. You also, you want to run the game the way that you would want it run for you. This is sort of how I'll tie up this episode is that, you know, you would want the game to be run a certain way if you were a player. So if you're the dungeon master, try to run it the way that you would want it run for you within reason. I mean, obviously we talked about in setting campaign expectations, if the way that you would want the game run isn't the way other people would want the game to be run, then they may not really have as much fun. So you have to kind of, you know, work something out. If you have this idea of, you know, well, I want my character's backstory to be included. I would like it if my character had moments where they were shining, you know, and I would like it if there was, you know, if the dungeon master didn't sort of shut me down when I came up with something that he, he or she didn't expect you know, so just be respectful of your players and, you know, try to run the game again the way you would want it run for you. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Just the Tips. I hope it's been very helpful and I'll talk to you next time. If you enjoyed this podcast, 
please leave us a review anywhere this podcast can be found. Our social media links, plus additional content, can be found on our website at knightsofroleplay.com. Please tell your friends about Knights of Roleplay and Adventuring Podcast, and spread the word through social media. Your help and support are greatly appreciated. <laughs>